G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's talk TV presenter Sonia Kruger. She's back in the news this week, hot on the heels of the furor following her comments about Muslim immigration in response to the terrorist attack in Nice. Well, this time... Sonia has upset the homosexual community and their sympathisers in a conversation about the awarding of scholarships. She ventured to say that scholarships should be awarded on merit rather than on sexuality or gender. Jenny Stokes from Salt Shakers has been following along the conversation and the debate about what's been happening so far as TV presenters go. Jenny's joining us. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back. Good to be back. Well, Jenny, Sonia Kruger, she might have, some might have said it's uh, accidental that she stuck her neck out the first time, but now she's done it again and uh, rubbed all sorts of people up the wrong way. What are your thoughts as you've been monitoring along Sonia Kruger? Well, I think, um, you know, often people are there, they're talking about an issue and they'll, they'll speak from how they actually see things happening in real life. And I think that's part of uh, the sort of interactive television that you get in morning programs and other things. But but certainly when it came up that this particular scholarship, if I just perhaps mention the context of that, um, we've got a... a well-known business group and uh, this particular business group is called the Australian Business and Community Network and they have major companies like Optus, Microsoft, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Minter Ellison, really well-known um, top companies in Australia as part of this and what they've been doing is they've actually been providing scholarships to students in year 10 who may have slipped through the cracks, may have not have been able to afford to continue on through year 11 and 12 and then on to university and they've been providing scholarships for them for a number of years and the scholarships were $7,000 a year for three years just to get students you know, who may not be able to get through to university to, to get there. And that's been a good thing. But the problem is that a lot of the business companies have actually been, you know, caught up with the homosexual lobby not to discriminate, to make sure that they support uh, things like the marriage equality uh, move. We've seen a lot of the major companies sign up to say, yes, we support marriage equality, rather than saying that they should be neutral. And what they've done now is that this, this group has actually decided in their scholarship program to reserve one of their scholarships specifically for an LGBTI person. So somebody who's either gender different, they might be transgender, they might be sexual, um, have a sexual orientation of, you know, gay or lesbian. And one of the scholarships is going to be reserved for that. And so what they've done is that they actually now ask questions on the questionnaire about gender identity and sexuality. And that's what Sonia was commenting on is, you know, scholarships should be awarded on merit. Why are we now awarding scholarships depending on somebody's sexual orientation or gender identity? And, of course, the big issue here, I guess, isn't that there is a scholarship that's being awarded to a person who might be uh, from the LGBTI community, but that the whole of a generation is being asked about their sexuality on on a content uh, form like that. So... Uh, I mean, there is uh, major issues there because uh, in a year when we're likely to go to a plebiscite on the marriage issue, uh, 
uh, it's just another example, isn't it, of uh, just incremental uh, moving into uh, this generation, talking about this uh, whole issue of uh, gender fluidity and and uh, and and getting sympathy for uh, for the LGBTI community. Well, that's right, and I mean, if you actually put in a you know submission and it's very neutral, um, it could be that all of the scholarships went to uh, young people who identify as different in gender or sexuality. But this actually means that the people who are giving out the scholarships can decide one way or the other and it actually she talked about it being reverse discrimination but it could actually be discrimination in the opposite way to actually exclude them from extra positions if you like so it's it's always got some interesting things behind what's actually happening but but certainly to actually be asking that question is is problematic and I, I think it you know it brings it to the fore in as you said a year that we're discussing marriage equality and I think another point that that concerned me is that the principals are asked to fill out this form. It's not the students themselves declaring how they feel, which is what we've seen in, say, the Safe Schools Coalition, students being able to identify, you know, this is how I am, this is how I want to be called. But the principals of the schools have to actually fill in the form. So it's like, does the student identify with this gender? And do they identify as gay or lesbian? You know, and that's something that, you know, we're asking principals to do to determine that. I think that's um, that's very invasive in terms of privacy. Mm. Well, back to Sonia Kruger, uh, sticking your neck out, uh, making a comment like that. Uh, Twitter and Facebook erupt when someone uh, of her profile begins to talk on what might be considered to be a conservative set of values. Uh, conservatism is somehow rather being suppressed in this country at the moment, Jenny Stokes. Well, I, th- I think that's right. And I, th- I think it's interesting too to see what, what do we mean by conservative? And I think what I talked about yesterday and when I put out this note is that actually it's, we're really talking about common sense here. And I noticed that when Senator Cory Bernardi on his website, he talks about common sense lives here. So it's like these are things that are what we would have thought in the past were just sensible, common sense. And, and yet when this, this, this lady, uh, a mother of children, speaks out about her concerns for her children in a terrorist um, environment, when she talks about, you know, well, scholarships should be awarded on merit, why are we going into these other um, areas of political correctness or affirmative action? It's like these are common sense things that, you know, we would have, you know, 20 years ago, we would have thought this was eminently sensible. And yet we've come to a point where it's like, oh, it's not actually even considered allowable to discuss those and I was interested this just this morning I was reading the local paper over breakfast and there was quite a big notice in the classified ads section of just our local community newspaper and it had a statement to say well the equal opportunity act says that we can't advertisers can't discriminate in a whole range of grounds and it listed all the grounds everything from you know age sex pregnancy sexual orientation we can't discriminate by actually advertising you know according to those criteria and because the paper would be held liable, they can't accept ads that might be seen to discriminate. So, you know, a big ad telling people what they can advertise, how they can advertise for their own businesses um, in, in the classified ads paper section of the paper. And I think that was really indicative of where we're actually heading as a community. Let's talk a little about social media, because usually those who are going to be critics of someone like uh, Sonia Kruger will be first to be on Twitter and on Facebook and using social media to make their protest known. Is there a, is there a challenge here for people who do hold a conservative position, who usually tend not to want to rock the 
boat, uh, but to actually use social media more effectively? Well, I think that's, that's definitely the case. And uh, we've put up a couple of posts on our Facebook page. And it's just interesting, um, Peter's, I tend to put up what we've actually been sending out by email. Peter's been putting up, you know, just posts about current articles or positions, get something out there and hopefully get people sharing it. Because the point with social media is that people get a notification that, that somebody's made a post of a group that they're following. If they go and look at that post, see what it is, um, they can like it. And that means, okay, I've liked this post. But sharing the post means it goes onto their board and their Facebook page and so on. And their friends all get to see it as well. And so the sharing on Facebook is actually really important, not just liking. And I think it's a matter of understanding how some of these things work. On Twitter, it's a matter of retweeting a tweet. You can read somebody's tweet that you might be following, and it doesn't go any further. But if you retweet that and say, yes, I'd like all my followers to actually read that as well, that increases the reach of that particular message. And on Facebook, they talk about reach. And that means if somebody shares it and their friends share it and their friends share it and people are liking and sharing, then it increases the reach. So on a normal sort of post, even the first post that we've posted about Sonia, we had a reach of, we haven't got a very big Facebook following, but you know, a reach of say four or 5,000, which is quite big for us. But on the particular one where we actually commended Channel 9 for supporting Sonia Kruger and saying she won't be sacked and, you know, she's got the right for free speech, um, our reach on that post, oh, we had six, over 6,000 likes and a reach of nearly 300,000 on that, that particular post. And that means that that message is going out to lots of people. And we can use that and harness that power of social media. But I think often we might just like a post or we don't tend to like doing social media because, you know, it seems like a waste of time. But certainly the left are very, very good at getting on social media, getting it out there, getting all their friends liking it and sharing it and and spreading their word. And it's often not counted by, by our side. Well, let's move on. There's another element that you've been researching of late. And, of course, uh, August the 9th, that's next Tuesday, is actually Census Night. Uh, We've been running a campaign here on Vision, uh, just alerting people that uh, the way they fill out that question 19 on uh, issues to do with religion could be very important. What sort of things have you been uh, thinking about, Jenny Stokes? Well, that's right. And we put out a post last week and... uh And it's important for people to realise that there has been a change. And part of that change came about because of activism. So back um, three years ago when the ABS actually did did an analysis of the census, they asked people what they thought. And they had not very many submissions, only in the 40s. But a lot of those people who did reply said they wanted a change to the religion question. And the change that's come about is the no religion option has moved from the bottom of the the list of options to the top of the list of options. And so that's the first thing that people will see. The Atheist Foundation is is encouraging people to tick no religion. And yet the ironical thing, uh, Neil, is that on the actual ABS um, census page and their information, they actually say that if you identify as humanist or atheist or rationalist, you should actually choose the other box because they'd actually see that that is actually a religion. And that's, I think, a really interesting point from the ABS. Now, the atheists are ignoring that and they just said, oh, choose a no religion box. We want to tell people we've got no religion. Um, So that's their campaign. It's quite a good campaign um, to counter that. Um, and it's why religion in the Australian census matters and, and a good overview of the, of the question. And it's, the website is called yesreligion.org.au. 
set up by a Christian organization, but their main headline is, we don't go to church, but we have Christian values. I'm not religious, but I follow Jesus. I'm writing Christian. Um, if you believe there's a God, but you know you may not have personal faith, if you identify as a Christian, uh, you know these are Christian values that we actually follow in this nation, then it's quite acceptable to write Christian there because that's your identity. And the ABS actually says this is a cultural identity question. If you affiliate or identify with Christian, quite understandable, quite normal that you would choose a Christian denomination or write the word Christian in on the census. And so that's, I think, a really important thing. Um, just because you don't go to church doesn't mean that you should choose the no religion box. And that's what the atheists are trying to encourage people to do. So we'd encourage people to think about their, their Christian identity, their cultural identity, as they're filling out that census question. It's an optional question anyway, but it's an important question because the government do use that to, to understand things about funding of, uh, of different groups and chaplaincy and other things. I guess if you feel like you've got a grip on what's happening and you can see some of those foundations of why there's been change and you recognise that there is a potential here for a skewed result, uh, the idea of understanding it yourself, there's others in your family uh, who might not understand that yet and to actually just uh, make sure you're talking about these issues ahead of next Tuesday night. That's important. And, uh, you know, I think the question itself is a little ambiguous because it mixes up the idea of religion and denomination. And uh, if I had my way, I'd certainly see the question to be asked differently about overall religions. And then perhaps a subset of that is, well, what denomination might you belong to? Because people might not think that a denomination is actually a religion, which is, you know, a good point. But uh, but it's, a, it's an important question that does actually give the government, does give the, the Australian Bureau of Statistics an idea of where people see themselves culturally and how they identify themselves. So, yes, encourage your friends and family to, to consider the question and not just change because they might have seen an atheist ad saying, tick the no religion box, or because it's now at the top of the, top of the options and you can actually see... Um, you know, that they're obviously, oh, well, I don't have a religion, I don't go to church, so maybe I'll tick that box, rather than considering what the other options are. So please have a think about it. Well, Jenny Stokes, great getting your insights. Uh, Always so, so valuable. And I'll point people to the Salt Shakers website. Just Google Salt Shakers and you'll find uh, elements and uh, resource uh, to be able to understand some of the things uh, we've been talking about today here on 2020. Jenny Stokes, thanks so much for being with us again today. Great to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.